Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Back on the mic for the people's delight. I'm Scott Prather, joined by Norman Locke, Doctor Locke, the Troll Master. D- Norman is uh, is in Nola, so he's uh, not in studio this morning, and because he's coming via the World Wide Web, unfortunately, we uh, we do not have open phone lines this morning, and that's okay. That's just. That'll just allow Norm to think that everyone agrees with him. Good morning. Go, good morning, Norman. What's going on, man? How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing glorious. Doing glorious. You know, a lot of people are on vacation this week, but not me. Not me. Well, I mean, I, you know, this is where you talk about the teams that got eliminated from the playoffs and you throw Correct. shade and you make, yeah. oh, Cowboys. Hey, oh, don't all the way, Cowboys. And then, you know, we argue about it for a while. And is that to get that right? Or is that where we're at? And you did it right. You got that right, and the voice, and you got the voice. Right. I, I, I wasn't actually wasn't trying to get the voice right, but I'll say this: we, you know, Norm and I made some predictions before the season, mm-hmm. um, and we got some right, some wrong. We're gonna we're gonna go over some of our predictions. Okay. Okay. I All feel right. like I, I got you beat this year. Uh. Well. I. I I don't. I don't know. It might be close. It might be close. Okay. I have one okay. really, really bad pick in the NFC, but well, I have two. But I, I got, I got five of seven, and I think you got five of seven as well. Now I haven't really dug into the AFC yet, okay. um, but I, yeah, I think it might be close. But based okay. on our scoring system, it's going to come down to uh, the Super Bowl, which is still a ways away. So. We'll, we'll, but we'll, we'll at least know how close we are here on that. But you mentioned, impre- like, we're, we're, we're coming on after Lynn. Like, I, Norm, I'll come in. You know, sometimes I even go on Lynn's show with him, Rise and Grind, and, and I'll chat for a little bit. Then I'll go back, and I'll, I'll start getting prepped for my show. When I tell you this dude, like, when he hits that close, like, he is out the building. Like, he is, oh, no, he gone. He is gone. Like, I'll walk in, and the, the spots are playing, and I'll, like, call him. I'll be like, hey, you left him. He's like, oh, my bad, dude, I'm down the street. You know, like, he's like, <laughs> he's just like, and and I can tell he's already, like, listening to, you know, like, his podcast or his. Do you think, like, do you think Lenny even listens to this show, like, ever? I think he listens, but then he gets, like, super ADHD and then start like listening to a cooking podcast he simultaneously. He starts playing like the Pokemon Go thing or something. He's just yeah. like, oh, wait, there's a there's a, a Minifarlac Teeter Centipede. I don't know. I, I don't do that. I don't want China. You could with Pikachu. You I, don't want, with Pikachu. I, I don't want China to see, you know, just have me video my entire yard and inside of my home. But the, re- the reason I had to ask you it, as we open up the show, just throwing some shade at Lynn, all in good fun, by the way, um, is I, you informed me that he tried to do an impression of me. Yes, he did. Now, I look, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not being an egotistical norm when I say, like, I can do some good impressions. Like, there's some of that no, I can no, do. No, no, it's okay to pat you with yourself I mean, on the back. I, mean, okay. I, I, I can do, there's certain, look, the ones I can't do, I don't try to do. I'm like, no, I can't do that. If I can do it, 
I mean, I you know, I, I could put together some good impression. I you say Lynn is, and then I went back and I I pulled up the audio of him trying to imitate me, and I don't. He just let, let's take a listen. Here it was this was from Monday when Lynn was filling in for me with Norm. Good morning, good morning. How you living? How you feeling? All right, first of all, I've never, I don't think I've ever said, <laughs> how you living, how you feeling? Good morning, good morning, how you living, how you feeling? This is the Great Scott Show. I am not Scott Prather. My name is Lyndon Burton, and I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Norman Locke. We're filling in for Scott. Norm, how you doing this morning? Did you like my Scott impersonation? I thought it was pretty good. No, it was it was it was horrible. It was really horrible. And then you're doing it over to Bon Jovi. Don't do this to Scott. I thought it was good. I mean, that I I I, I know what I Lost sound the like. words. I know what I sound like, Norman. That ain't it. I pre look, I appreciate you stepping in. How you doing? How you feeling? This is the great Scott show. How is everyone doing this morning? Hey, did you like my Scott impression, Norm? Like, I- <laughs> he came right at it. He came right at it. Man. You know what? That should be your new intro. Hey, how you doing? How you feeling, everybody? It's the Scott Prather show, and it's not Sky Prather. Yeah. And you should stop it right it's there. Not, not Scott. <laughs> All right, well, last one. Good morning. Good morning. How you living? How you feeling? This is the great Scott show. I oh, my not- God. I'm just glad you gave it to him. Oh, no, it's not. And you made Scott sound like the white off the office. No, don't do that. I didn't make him sound like the white. I was kind of. Uh, I don't know what he was doing, but it was bad. Anyway. Uh, uh, it was bad. It was bad. It was and, bad. And he's not even listening right now. It's not like he's going to text us and be like, oh, man, y'all throwing shade. Like, you know, he's 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 moved on. He's somehow something has grabbed his attention. That's 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 Lynn's Lynn's like a squirrel. You know what I mean? Norman coming to us over the app this morning. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly it. I gotta say it. Like we got we 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 got it. We got a delay. We're good. We got a delay on your end. It's it's coming a few like, seconds I, later. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get that squared away in a minute, everybody. We're gonna get it squared away, but uh, during the break. But in the meantime, uh, Norman, I want you to answer this question. I want you to be serious. Um, okay. The Cowboys, I'm always serious, Scott. Cowboys and the Niners. How you, how you feeling about the matchup? Uh, you know, I think that 49ers are a tough team. I mean, when you're in a tough division, we all know that the NFC West is the obviously is the toughest division in football. It's been the toughest division in football for a long time. Uh, when you're battle tested to make the playoffs out there, NFC West, you're a good team. So I, I want to give the kudos to the 49ers on making the playoffs and surviving that that tough schedule when you got uh, uh, the seat of Rams and the Cardinals in, the, in two out of your last four games and to come out victorious in, in one of them and to sweep the Rams on the series. You're a good football team. But to say that, again, I had to give the praises. Scott, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. If everyone has been giving Jimmy Garoppolo flack, for the past two seasons on not being a quarterback that can win the big game, that can not be a quarterback, that can get them over the hump to the point where they had to draft a quarterback in the first round. I can't say that I'm truly scared when I have a cornerback that's leading the league in interceptions and a rookie that's top five in sacks. I can't say that I'm scared of the 49ers offense. Well, I think when it comes to to the Niners, and I, you know, I said this last week, I mean, obviously we were talking a lot about the Saints and their chances, and I said it 
on this show. I said it on uh, the Sports Hangover in New Orleans. I said it on the Saints Happy Hour podcast. I was I was on a lot of shows last week. And I said, Scott, you know, what do you think of the Saints' chances? I was like, I have no doubt the Saints are going to beat the Falcons. I, I don't have nearly as much confidence in the Rams beating the 49ers because Kyle Shanahan, especially when the team is – you know, I, I guess when they're when their backs up against the wall, he devises really good game plans and he's really good at making in game adjustments. And I gotta I gotta give it to him for that. Like they're 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 a team that they're they're equipped enough to like make a run at the Super Bowl or anything, but they're good enough to ups to upset a team or two in the playoffs. Now are they? I don't know. I mean the Cowboys are a are a three point favorite, but a lot of people they'll get caught up in the history. Oh, well, the Niners and Cowboys and the old classics, and you know, in the '80s and in the '90s, of course, and back and forth. I, I don't care about any of that. This is about these two teams this year. Dallas is at home. Dallas, I, I think, you know, as a result, has a little bit more pressure. Part of it's just being the Cowboys, but part of it's being at home. Uh, the Niners just won to get in. They're playing it. It feels like there's more pressure on Dallas, but it also feels like Dallas has the defense to, like, if it's a close game, Norm, that's where it could get dicey. I think, I think obviously, the, the Niners want to run. Can the Cowboys shut down the run? If they do, then they're going to run away with it and they're going to cover the spread. But if San Francisco can run the football, then I think you're going to be in for a really, really tight game on Sunday afternoon. And, and, you know, when they're running the football, they're pretty good. But they haven't been consistent in running the football all year just because of the lack of depth at the running back. They have, have had five to six different starters throughout the entire season, you know, with uh, Cajun out there, Mitchell. Some respect even, for Elijah Mitchell now. Come on. And that's what I say. But, you know, he's battled through injuries the entire season long. And that's every running back that's on the roster for the 49ers. You know, I'll say it's not the run game. It's not the offense. The only person that scares me is Nick Bosa. I think that's that's going to be the X factor for the 49ers. Can the Dallas Cowboys keep him under control? Will we have to keep Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield for an extra blocker to give the Dak Prescott some time? Because the weakness of this 49ers team, Scott, is the secondary. And we got wide receivers. We're one of... I think only three teams in the NFL have put up over 50 points twice this season. So if we're able to get that pass with Dakota Prescott, this game is not going to be close. But it, it really, it's just a battle of like strengths against strengths. And it, you, you know, I say strengths against strengths, excuse me, strengths against, I, I, would, I wouldn't call the Cowboys run defense weak by any stretch. I would say it's average. Certainly the numbers say that. Now the pass defense is good for the Niners. You mentioned their secondary being suspect. But where are they really good? Their run defense. I mean, I think it yeah. was like seventh in the league. So you've got what the Diners want to do is they want to run the ball. They want they want to turn it into a running game. And I know it was a little different on Sunday against the Rams and they played comeback and all that other stuff. But they want to run. They want it to be that style of game. And I think from a matchup standpoint, if you're the Cowboys, you want this to be an aerial type of game, just based solely on the matchup. Um, and if it turns into that, you know, it favors the Cowboys. But I... I think of like in terms of the wild card matchups. I know there's a lot of intrigue around here for for Bengals Raiders. We'll get into that later. I think New England Buffalo. There's I I find that game very interesting because it's it's kind of like Buffalo. You know, you you win the division, you feel like you're in a good spot. Can you can you know you beat the Patriots a few weeks ago? But this is the playoffs now. Like if you lose to the Pats, you you won't live that down. 
Tampa Bay Philly does nothing for me. KC Pittsburgh, Ben's last game, they'll probably get blown out by the Chiefs. Uh, Rams cards, whatever. I I find th- half of these matchups I, I find more appealing than the other half. I like I like Vegas and I like Cincy. I like Buffalo in New England and I like Dallas and San Francisco. Just from a matchup standpoint, a storyline standpoint, those are the three that I'm more interested in. And look, I'm going to watch all of them. I mean, it's it's NFL right, playoffs. Right. Don't get me wrong, but I do think those three. Um, I think they're going to be good games, but I also think storyline wise, there's there's a lot to unpack in each of those three. Well, okay, now my my favorites are you know obviously Four Niners Cowboys, but I'm interested in this Rams Cardinals just because I want to see what bodes true on other Rams and Matthew led by Matthew Stafford. Is Matthew Stafford the same quarterback that he's been in Detroit when it comes time? He's, he, no, he, yes, he is. He's going to blow it. And, I hope Arizona beats him by 40. The, the damn Rams. See, like they, the, the flip side of it is I said the Cardinals was going to combust all the way in the back half of the season. So it's like if they lose again, I'm like, well. well, well. Had, they, had they won on Sunday, they'd be hosting this game. But, you know, they Correct. blow it to Seattle. So two teams that just I, – I, the Rams, their, their old line is worrisome, right? And to blow, to blow that lead when you had a lot on the line, like, yeah, you fell to four, but you easily could have fallen to five. And if you win, you get the two to blow it with a 17 point lead. That's just weak, man. I don't that's, know. That's, that's weak. As Matthew Stafford, I, I, I have, I'm not pulling no punches for him, Scott. Let it loose on him. I'll just say this. The, the, the reason that one, like, I don't think either of the, like, whoever wins that game, I think they're losing in the divisional round. Correct. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't think they're going anywhere. Anyway, um, all right. We're going to talk more playoffs later. We're going to go back and look at the picks we made preseason for division winners and wild cards. I have the sheet here, Norm. I, I made sure that I saved it because I also have the scoring system we put into place. Okay. Okay. Now, I like. I like that we, we got. We got the history. So what what are we what are we rolling here with? Are we I did I don't remember. Did we bet breakfast? I don't even know if we made. If, I think we just it was no. pretty much just bragging rights. I, I yeah, know the breakfast. The breakfast. The breakfast bet is the Herb Jones thing, which you know. And it's, it's coming soon. <laughs> it's coming soon. Hey, wait, we got we got two and a half more weeks. Shout out the Pelicans, baby. How about Brandon Ingram? More on that as well. Don't go anywhere. This is the Great Scott Show, or as uh, as Lynn Burton would say, hey. How y'all feeling? I'm Scott Prather. This is the Great Scott Show, guys. We'll be right back after this on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Norman Locke is on with me today. He is uh, not in studio, and because he's coming over the app, unfortunately, we uh, we do not have open phone lines this morning. We apologize for that, but uh, next week we will. Norm wants all the smoke. Don't worry. You know, I know y'all give me grief about my uh, my love of the Beastie Boys and my my music bumps, but... I'll tell you what, man. All three of my kids know every word to that song right there. Every word now, to now, it. Now, that's something to brag about. 
Because you know, I don't know the words to that song. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of them they kind of like, you know, like cause, you know, it's it's kind of a fast song, like like some of them they they they're kind of mumbling the sounds of the word because they don't know exactly. And you know, like my two year old, there's somewhere she can't even say, but. You know, like they'll they they rock out to it. They get the air guitar. They turn on a mic. They have a little play karaoke machine, and we'll put on the instrumental of that. And they just they just they go for it. So see, I'm I'm more interested in you performing on that karaoke machine and getting some video content of that. Oh, I gotta I'm, see. You. I, 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 I I'll, I'll do karaoke. Any I'll crush karaoke. <laughs> you can slow it down. You can do an old '80s like love ballad, or you can do Beastie Boys. Either way, bring it. I'm in. I'm doing it. Okay. Okay. I got no shame. <laughs> I got some rock songs that I'll perform. I got to perform Panic at the oh. Disco. <laughs> Wait, what? You're going to do High High Hopes? Yeah, I'm going to do High High Hopes. No, no, that one, that one, that's a, bit, that's a bit out of a lot of people's range. Yeah, no, nah, I can't do High High Hopes. <laughs> I do know it, though. I do know it, though. That's I a good, do I don't though. really like them at all <laughs> except that song. I really like that song. That's a good one. I like that song, and I write, tra- I write Sins, Not Tragedies. Now, that one, I, I'll sing my heart off. I don't. I don't. No, one day we get. We, we, one of those days. Doesn't KOK do karaoke some days? They do karaoke. Yeah. Oh man, dude. <laughs> I'll show up, and uh, maybe, maybe we just maybe we have judges and we just go for it. We got. But if we're gonna do that, we got it. We got to pull Lynn in because he's always you talking gotta, trash. Lynn's gonna do a Drake song and he's gonna do a bad Drake voice. Yeah. It's gonna oh, yeah. just. <laughs> hey Kiki, can you tell me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we know we know what it would be all right all right we're getting off track okay, here it's yeah, the great no, scott yeah. show i'm scott prather norman Locke in studio uh, excuse me not in studio this morning he is uh coming over the app um all right so our our scoring system before the season it was one point for each prediction um okay. now super bowl prediction you get two points by predicting the teams that were in and Super Bowl championship, you get three points. Mm, all right. Okay, I like this. All right. So, I need to – let me get a pen here and start writing this down here. All right. So, for the NFC East, Norm correctly predicted the Cowboys. I incorrectly, How about them I, I incorrectly predicted the Washington football team to win the, the, to win the East. Got the Admirals. <laughs> um. The pick that I was most off on, pretty much out of all my picks, was uh, Seattle. I, I had them Ooh. winning the West, and uh, that didn't happen. And Russell Wilson missed some time, but whatever. I was wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Norm correctly, uh, no, uh, yes, the Rams did in fact win the division barely. Tried to blow it. All right, so that's that's two for you. Okay. We both predicted the Packers to win the North. Okay. We both predicted the Bucks to win the South. Four out of four in the NFC. My wild card teams were Rams, Niners, Cowboys. Now, okay. I don't get credit for two of those three because I picked them. I picked the Rams and Cowboys to be wild card teams, and they won their division. So I don't. We we don't get points for that. Okay. Um, I did pick the Niners. They're a wild card team. Your wild card teams were Seattle, Minnesota, and the Washington Football Team. So you didn't get anything there. In the AFC. In the East, we both predicted the Bills. Okay. We both predicted the Chiefs. Okay, two for two. Uh, hang on a second. Yeah. 
Doggone it. Bills. Chiefs. No, no, no I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm screwing. I'm, I'm screwing up here on my scorecard. You had Dallas, Rams. See, Packers, see, ladies and gentlemen, he's trying, he's trying to point no, no, save. I've got point it. Point you, already. You got Dallas. You got the Rams. You got the Packers. You got the Bucks. Okay. You and that was. And I, you know got we, the, I know we didn't pick the Bills. You got the Bills and you got the Chiefs. So you have six, and then I got the Packers, Bucks, Niners, Bills, Chiefs. I have five. Okay, we're good. We're good. All right. Sorry. Um, in the in the North, uh, you predicted the Browns. I predicted the Ravens. Neither one. Uh, neither even in the playoffs. Yeah. We both picked the Titans to win the South. Uh, my wild card teams were the Steelers, Chargers, and Dolphins. I got okay. I got one of them. Yours were the ooh, this is where Norm pulls away. The Raiders, Patriots, and Steelers. Hey, Amen. That's all three of them. Hey, Amen. That's pretty don't good. Don't call me a visionary. That's don't pretty good. Oh, hey, that's pretty good. I, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Um, my Super Bowl prediction was Chiefs Packers. Yours was Chiefs Rams. So if both of mine get in, um, I would still be trailing you by one. But if the Chiefs beat the Packers in the Super Bowl, I will win. Okay. Any other outcome, uh, I believe, since you have a three-point lead here, you will win this contest. So you haven't won yet. Don't get ahead of yourself. But the fact that you got all three wild card teams in the AFC is uh, is pretty wild. That's pretty. I mean, that's pretty wild. Shout out to the head coach of the Chargers for calling that timeout because I wouldn't be here congratulating myself if it wasn't for. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like they like he called it like near the end of the play clock. I think. When your motto is just win, baby, and you got a chance to be a five seed instead of going to KC, I, yeah, I, I think, I think the Raiders were going were, were going to try to win anyway. But that was that dude. That last weekend was nuts. I mean, it was like, nuts. I, I so my my experience, like I didn't I didn't watch the Saints live on Sunday. I was I was at I was at a funeral home and I I told a few people. I just said, hey, you know, don't text me about the game. I figured I'd somebody would still probably spoil it all, right? But okay. Norm, I, I, I kid, you know, a few people walked up and they're like, "Hey, you watch the Saints," and they had like a smile on their face. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, "No, no, no!" I was like, "Don't, don't tell me anything," you know. And they're like, "Okay, I won't." And so I, I got back pretty late, and like I knew nothing, and I wasn't, I wasn't on my phone. I mean, it was just I got the kids to bed, and it was kind of late, so. I just I watched it. I fast forwarded through commercials. I watched it not live, but it was like late on Sunday night by myself in the living room, like a loser, getting excited because <laughs> I see the I see the Rams Niners score, and I'm like, I, I look again. I had no doubt the Saints were going to beat the Falcons. That wasn't the thing, and and they did. It was just like Rams up, oh seventeen nothing, and and then you just see in the top left corner it just keeps happening, and then late. It's the fourth quarter, and it's under 20, 30 seconds, and the clock's ticking and ticking, and suddenly, oh, it shows the Niners scored. By the time by the time I got to when they cut over to the Niners-Rams game, Niners are like first and goal. They kick a field goal. I'm just like, it's done. Like, it's over. I was, and, 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 and I was thinking to myself, the Rams might just try to kick a field goal here and tie because they would – you know they would they would still win the division. They'd be. It's not like they they should have played at that point. You could just play a tie because you'd finish, I guess, in the three spot. But still better than four. You'd win the division and all that other stuff. And the Niners would still get in. But 
No, they decided to just throw a terrible pass and have it picked off. And at that point, like I knew it was going to happen because there have been there have been six times in franchise history for the Saints where they needed to win the last game of the season and have a, have a, have something else happen for them to get in. In five of those six times, the the Saints won, and the other thing didn't happen. So, at some point, like once I saw it got to overtime, Norm, I just even though it happened hours earlier, it was still kind of real in my reality. And I was like, it's over. It's done. I just need to go to bed. And, you know, I, I'm surprised. I actually kept waiting. The fact that you hadn't texted me, I was like, dude, they might have actually done it. I was, no, like, like I, I was like, I was like, if Norm, had te- Norm would have texted me if like something bad happened to the Saints and I never got a text from you. So it gave me this false sense of like, oh my God, maybe they actually got into the playoffs. And when I didn't see it, like, hey, they got a shot. Like we got a shot here as I sat down just by myself in the dark and watched the Saints season come to an end. But look. It is what it is. They they did better than I thought they'd do this year. I did not predict them to get to the playoffs. Doesn't mean I wasn't hurting and uh, ready for your your slander and your Sean Payton jokes. But here we are. Yeah, here we are. So okay, this is how I unfolded for me. <laughs> so once I saw the debacle by the Rams, well, first I saw you know the Seattle take care of business. So I'm like, ooh, Cowboys got a chance to keep moving on up. All right. So boom, once you know, once we start sliding up, I was like, oh wait. We sliding up, but the Saints really might get in. And they won. They really might get in. And we, the Cowboys can't even play the Saints in the matchup that we all wanted. Like, man, it don't even matter to me anymore. But then I started seeing the comeback. And I was like, ooh, this will be better for me if the 49ers, who put the Saints out of their misery in the NFC Championship with Vernon Davis and Alice Smith years ago, you know, put them out their misery again. And then they did it. And I was like, oh, yeah. But it was so funny to watch, you know, Saints fans turn into Rams fans. You know, they hate the Rams, but they was rooting, was I mean, they really, rooting for the Rams. Saints fans can't stand the Rams, the Niners, the Cowboys, any. I, I, you, you, I look at the NFC playoff picture, and I'm like, this whole thing is gross. I mean, I it's guess all, yeah. I guess go Cardinals, even though they're not going to do anything. Like, there's – there are no teams in the NFC, whatever, Philly, I don't care, but there's not really any teams in the NFC that a longtime Saints fan is like, well, I guess I'll just ride that wave. It's just like none of it. It's all just it's like, like none of it, you know, but, so I, gross. but I literally kept seeing, you know, come on, Rams, go Rams. I'm just like, wait, wait where's all this support coming well, from? They were supporting but, the Saints. You know that they're not. I, I don't know it's, that. Because it's, now, it's, by, it's by proxy, Norm. Don't be ridiculous. Okay, so so by proxy now, I'm seeing New Orleans 49er fans because I'm seeing all the Saints fans like, well, you're, you're going to be right next to us on a sofa that's just, after the 49ers that's come just, in. That's, just, that's just young fans that you troll on Twitter. Let me uh, tell you something. I, any, any Saints fan in their, let's say, in their four, I don't know, I'll say mid, mid-30s and on, no. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, honestly, I'm not rooting for anybody in that game. That's gross. But to say, I, to say that I'm rooting for the Niners, like, nah. No rooting way. for the Niners. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Saints fans come out the Woolworths with their 49ers you know jersey you know, on. First of all, no, they don't have 49ers jersey. All that is, Norm, is that just, that's just their decision. Like that's all. That's <laughs> just they just they just want you. They just get annoyed. Like I I I you know 
typically, typically guy, I'm watching a game live, but and when I am, you know, I'll, I'll get on Twitter a little bit during a Saints game, and I, oh my God, I see Norman's tweets on my timeline, and I, I laugh because I'm like, here we go, and they're saying, oh look, apparently a bunch of people are commenting, and they, they just take the, I don't know, I, I don't know why. You just throw that hook out, and so many of them just bite on it, and then you just yank, and they think they got you, and they don't realize. No, he's just – it doesn't matter if you make a good point. He's still just going to hook you again. Just yeah, I mean, if, I just – I give the people what they want, and it's the truth. <laughs> I give the people the truth. You know what I'm saying? I'm buying – The truth, right. Cut truth. Yeah. No, it's the truth. I mean, because yeah. I mean, truth, Scott, sure. before the matchup between the 49ers and the Cowboys, I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, Saints fans, come out and say, oh, yeah, the Rams got this. You know, Cooper Cup, oh, the Rams are a better team, this, that, and the third. Then they lose to the 49ers. You know, they're upset. You know, they're hurt. And now, they, and, and know, now they're all wishing the absolute worst for the Rams. <laughs> no, that, then now they're wishing the absolute worst for the Rams and then saying the 49ers are going to just beat the Cowboys. I'm just like, wait, wait, wait. A week ago, not even a week ago, but a couple of days ago, the 49ers weren't good enough to beat the Rams, and y'all was all on the Rams bandwagon. But now the 49ers, who couldn't even win their own division, who y'all said quarterback isn't good, all of a sudden, this is y'all. Just wait, better wait, than wait. the Cowboys? Just, just, yeah, let me you just lump an entire fan base together based on your mentions. Y'all. Based on your mentions. The Cardinals you know, suck, and then they go into Dallas. I, I, and hit, the the I hit the hashtag. I hit the hashtag. got about 30,000 tweets in it. 30,000 tweets in it. You know, no, but I. I'm just glad to see that, you know, Sean Payton, he worked hard this season, Scott. You, you know, he was coaching through all kind of adversity. I'm glad to see the man get a vacation. I know he's a newlywed. He got a, a, a Netflix documentary coming out at the end of the month. I, man, Sean Payton, he's that guy, bro. I mean, I don't. how long do you have to be to be a newlywed? Isn't it just like a, a, a year? I mean, he's a newlywed. I mean, no, he's. He's, yeah. Has it been three hundred sixty? Has it been a year? Yeah, he, I think he's been married for over a year. Like his, this was pre, this was pre COVID, I think. It's newlywed. No, it's, it's, it's the, not, let the kids play, Scott. No, and he's not a kid. He's you know, the kids play. Sean Payton, you go back and look at pictures of him. I mean, he's fifty eight. Go back and look at pictures of him, like when he first started coaching the Saints, like that 06 season. I mean, naturally, he looks a lot younger. I get it. It was, you know, 16 years ago. But he, he looks he looks a lot different. I mean, the, the coaching, he got, he got fit the year he was suspended. And then, you know, outside of that, it's like, this, this looks like a different dude, you know. Totally yeah, no. Nah, see, dude. Scott, he got married in June last year. Okay. So he got married, in June, he got married in June of 2021? Yeah, that's what it says. No way. All right. Good for good for him and, and Miss Skyline. All right, I hey I stand. You know what? That I shouldn't have even challenged you on that. The 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 off the field, uh, you know, headlines and 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 relationships. That's that's your that's your game. I just you know I just I try to keep it. Oh, you know, I try to keep it facts and, and and truth when we talk about sports. Unlike you, you know you know you know I'm going for forty with the slink sander while they, while they're on vacation. You know, you know. I seen him on a jet ski yesterday. Do you know who officiated? Here's a. Do you know who officiated Sean Payton's wedding? No. Avery Johnson. That's my guy. Yeah. You know, purple knight right there. That's purple knight right there. If he found out, you you know, even though he's the coach of the Mavericks, if he finds out, you 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 
bagging on the Saints all the time, and his guy, he will not be your guy. He won't have a problem. He ain't, he ain't play football. He's a basketball guy. He's he's a, <laughs> he's a New Orleans guy that takes pride in things in New Orleans, unlike you. Mm. Give or take. Oh, you didn't even try to you didn't even try to defend <laughs> that one. No, see what's funny, Scott. I don't think I got, I, I even uh, told you. So I came home after that game, and uh, <laughs> what's so funny is my grandma tried to pretend as if she was sleeping, just so I didn't get the rattle her with the jokes so she she faked like she was sleeping to avoid me because she knew it was coming because i want to show a vacation picture the 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 saints didn't make the playoffs and you went and woke your grandmother up from her nap to talk trash that's what you're saying well i couldn't wake her up she was was sleeping so i I had to let her have it why why do you do what what did I wonder. i often wonder what god was thinking when he's like let me how norman Locke? what are we going to do here I wonder going on in there. He decided to create Norman Locke. ESPN Lafayette, I'm Scott Prather. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott. That is Norm. Uh, He is uh, coming to us uh, over the World Wide Web this morning. Unfortunately, we're not able to take phone calls uh, this morning with Norm coming over the app, but uh, he'll be back in studio next week. And uh, he, he, you know, he's a little nervous, a little nervous about the Niners. All right, what, what we're we're gonna make some some picks for the playoff games in a little bit. Okay. Two playoff games Saturday, triple header Sunday, and then a Monday night game. What is the game you you're most confident in in terms of the winner and the loser? Um, that will be the Chiefs versus the Steelers, and I, I just think you know the Steelers they they had a lot of good things happen to get them in the playoffs. Um, I don't like this roster of the Steelers. I don't like. They don't have identity on offense. Um, as they have have had locker room issues throughout the season. It's crazy they're even in the playoffs. It really yeah. Is. It's just it's just crazy. You know, Big Ben had a, a, a you know a, a great like last the last game that he was going to have be there, and you know it's kind of like he had a a Kobe Bryant esque moment last game you know but then they make it in the playoffs so it's really not the last game <laughs> so it's just I mean, like okay. it's like the chiefs are a 12 and a half point favorite here it's it's not uh, you know i mean tampa i'm I think taking the points on that one yeah it feels like that one i i the chiefs are a totally different team than they were at the beginning of the year you know it's worrisome when kelsey is questionable and you know i know he left that that game kind of injured and that hurts and Will he play? I don't know. We'll see. But they're just in KC. That would be that would be a big surprise. Um, and I, I think I think Philly is going to have a tough time. You know, at, the, at nine and eight, playing at Tampa. Tampa's got their own set of problems for sure. But like, if Philly can't run the ball, and what does Tampa really do well? They they shut down the run. It's just a terrible matchup for the Eagles and. Terrible. The, the Bucks are not are not rolling into the playoffs with, I guess, like they were last year, where they were really hitting their stride. It, it seems like they're kind of in a just kind of a weird spot. But I don't, I don't, I, I, I think I'd be even more surprised at Philly winning at Tampa than I would be at Pittsburgh winning at Kansas City. Because I could see a strange scenario where, like, even though Mahomes is the best, what if he just has one of those three interception games? You know what I mean? Like I don't see Brady throwing three picks against the Eagles. I I don't no. I don't think I don't think Philly's 
Now, this is where it's, it's, I think it's going to be a boring game. Even with Tom Brady in that game, it's the only noon game. Like, which you might say, oh, well, what's the point, Scott? I'm just telling you, noon on Sunday, even though that's when a lot of people like their kickoffs to be, for this first wild card weekend from a TV time slot standpoint, it it's not it's not as big a time slot as mid to late afternoon and nights. The ratings are cool. better. There are more people at homes. So of all the games to put, they only had, they have all these games, there was one that they, they had to put at noon, and they chose the one that, that even Tom Brady was playing. And I think it tells you something about that one being the one that's being played at noon in terms of how the networks, how the league really thinks this game is going to play out. Now, this is what I'll tell you, Scott. Of all games that are this weekend, I'm giving this Eagle Bucks game a 48% chance of upset. 48% chance of upset. The, the, they're without Antonio Brown. They're without Chris Godwin. They're without Ronald Jones the, the uh, second. They're without Cecil Grayson. Uh, you got um, Leonard Fournette is still banged up. Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard is still banged up. They're, they don't got any weapons. I, I just I, it's 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 for me it's about how, where is Philly going to produce points their style of offense against Tampa Bay's defense. This is and I'll say they have the offense Scott that can compete because it's mostly run based. It's mostly you know not a lot of deep passes. I know, I know, and that's my, that's my point. Tampa's the third ranked rush defense in the league. Like that's where they're they don't they don't allow you know they allow like ninety two yards a game. But that's coming from a running back, you know. That's coming from a running back. It's not a lot of the rushing yards from Philadelphia Eagles come from Jalen Hurts. So I would like to see how the Buccaneers deal with a dual threat quarterback like a Jalen Hurts. And if they're able to to move the football, move those chains up and down, I just don't see if the if the Eagles are able to score, Scott, and play play okay defense. They really might have a chance in this game. I just don't see where Tom Brady's going to go with the football on offense. Well, Jalen Hurts rushed ten times for forty-four yards in their uh, their matchup earlier this season. I uh, threw it twenty-six times, but you know Philly got down and to your. I don't know. I, I it's it's again. It's one of these things. Like if one of these teams wins, I in the NFC, it's just it's Green Bay and it's the winner of the Dallas San Francisco game. Like I don't know how. Tampa, Philly, LA, or Arizona—the way they're currently constructed—are gonna are gonna make a run past the divisional round. It just—it seems like these teams are the, these two games. Like in the AFC, I mean, I, I I think the chance of a big surprise of a team making a run to the AFC Championship or even the Super Bowl—I think the odds are are higher in the AFC than they are in the NFC. Oh, by far. By far, that this year the NFC is the better conference than the AFC, in my opinion. See, but I, I, I think I think Green Bay's good. I think, I, I don't know, man. I maybe I don't, I don't see. I don't agree with that. I think Green Bay is, but in the AFC, I just like the Raiders are such a weird team. Just using them for an example. It's ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports. I mean, you you watch the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Play the Cowboys. They won, you know. Even giving up a, a, a kick return for a touchdown, they still were able to win. And you see him play these games where it's like, who is this team? Like, how do they? Then, where, where did this come from? And then, 
you know, they'll play in Kansas City and they lose 48 to 9. Like, yeah, I was about to bring that up. They lost like, to the Bengals lose. this year at home by like 20. Team. So I, I can't – they're so weird and like it's like, you know, the, the Titans a couple of years ago when they went to the AFC title game, they had it – They you know, they were – I think they were 9-7. and seven. Um, But they just they, – they, they got hot at the right time. They upset two different teams. And it was like – I watched that team get their like – get their teeth kicked in a few times this year. But – the Raiders are really weird. The Bengals, you know, look, Joe Burrow and must win games. Now you can't Raiders. say you can't say the Raiders are weird and I say the Bengals are weird. They got the same record, Scott, and they lost a lot of bad games too. That's why I, was, I don't believe too much into the AFC teams because okay, like you said, the Raiders are weird. They lost a lot of weird games, but the Bengals have too. And Bing- Joe Burrow Bengals, got sacked fifty one times. The, the, Bing- the Bengals, the Bengals have, I think, though, late in the season, and they didn't, they weren't playing all their guys in, in week in week eighteen. I think you look at what they did against, you know, the Chiefs or the Ravens. Like, the Bengals, I think for them is like they haven't won a playoff game since 91. I, yeah. I, I actually remember the game. I watched it on TV. It's, they it's, played against the Steelers, huh? No, they played against the um... – it's, no, it's, 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 it's been 30 years since the Bengals won a playoff game. And I think it's like the pressure of that. Right, the last couple of times they've they've been in there, you know, they lost to the it was I think it was to the Oilers. Um, they uh, they they beat the Oilers really bad and like now this was I say this was ninety one. It was like January ninety one season. So you're going on you know well over thirty years since they won a playoff game back when Boomer Esiason was their quarterback. Uh, and, and and during that time, you know, they were coming off some seasons where they were, you know, one time where they were in the Super Bowl, like they were consistently good. You never know when it's just going to fall off. And even though they've been in the playoffs since then, um, a couple of times, you know, every time they've gotten there, they've lost, right? Whether it be to the Texans or the Steelers or whoever, can they finally get over the hump here? Because it's if you if you told the Bengals. Hey, here are all the teams that are going to be in the wild card round of the AFC. They would probably, I, I guess, you know, why I say that, like, it probably picked the Steelers since they beat them this year. But then there's a lot of history of them. It's like, yeah, I guess we'll take the Raiders. And yet here they are. I can't get, I can't get a grasp on this game. Like, who are you picking in this Raiders Bengals game? Because if somebody said you have to bet on one game and actually bet money, this is the one I would stay away from the most. I'd be like, I'm not putting any money on that one. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. But I, I want to say that was the last matchup of the Bengals in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. That was the was that Devontae's perfect game where he they had they had no, the I'm game saying one in the in the 90s. I think they played the Steelers in the 90s, and that in the that was the last playoff game that they that the Bengals went to. No, oh, oh, the well, no, the the last game that they went to was was not that. I mean, the last playoff game they won was in. The nineteen ninety season, but they, um, but no, they, 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 they won other, you know, they won other games. Uh, they've been to the playoffs rather other times since then. I mean, they, they've been, they've been to the playoffs twice under Palmer. They went to the playoffs never, uh, multiple times. No, under. I was saying it was, it was, it was the, it was the Bengals versus the Raiders in nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. That was the. That's all I say is a gotcha. rematch. Yeah, the, you're it talking the about playoff. the the game that started the drought. The game that started the drought. Yes, that was it. Yeah, no, they lost to the Raiders back 
Icky Woods was uh, the fullback slash running, but fullbacks were used differently back then. But I think it was like 20 to 10. Um, and the Raiders yeah. just physically, I, if I remember correctly, just it was it was an extremely physical game. And, uh, you know, I this Raiders team, they don't strike me as like super physical or those yeah, old Raiders, school kind of dirty teams. But Raiders put up 235 rushing yards on them. There you go. There you go. I, yeah. <laughs> history, and then they've lost a bunch of times since then. So can the Bengals finally do it? You know what? I I, I think they can, man. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow, I, I Jamar I Chase. Know, it's 51 times. That's why you say if you're a bed man, stay away from this one. 51 times. Joe Burrow has been sacked 51 times. He leads the NFL. Would you take Joe Burrow or Derek Carr? Joe Burrow. Every now and then, though, man. I'm rolling with the youth. Every, every I'm now rolling and with then. the youth. All right, you're picking the Bengals. I'm picking the Bengals. All right, we'll make I'm some other. We'll make some other picks. We'll talk some hoops. Cajuns in action tonight on the road against uh, the team that's second in the Sun Belt. The Cajuns first in the Sun Belt. Uh, LSU wins again last night on the hardwood, 64-58. Over Florida, LSU is now 15-1. and one. And we're going to get into some of the coaching jobs that were lost in the uh, NFL and, you know, uh, which ones were good, which ones were bad, and so on and so forth. We're going to dig into all of that. Don't go anywhere. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. That's Norman Locke. You're listening to ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Into the Great Scott Show, 8 o'clock hour now. Norman Locke is with me um, via the app. He is not in studio this morning, so unfortunately we don't have open phone lines. Been talking a lot of football in the first hour. We got hoops for you. Louisiana Rage Occasion women looking to defend home court tonight before a three-game road swing. They haven't played in over a dozen days. They're going to pick it up. Uh, COVID kind of washed out the weekend last weekend for the Cajuns, but uh, Gary Broadhead's squad in action tonight at the Cajun Dome against Troy. Tip-off at 6, pregame at 545 right here on ESPN Lafayette. While the uh, men are in action tonight at UT Arlington, Louisiana, 3-0 and in conference play. Although um, your boy uh, that that was talking – you. <laughs> about Antoine Johnson before the season talking a lot of noise every time you'd see him. He's he's no longer with the team. But uh, the Cajuns, 3-0 in conference play. And you got UT Arlington tonight who uh, has a big man that is, they just call him KO because a lot of announcers struggle to pronounce his name, just to be quite honest. But this is a uh, this is another big one tonight. I mean, you, if you're the Cajuns and you can start off 4-0 in conference play with three of those four coming on the road, 
you are uh, you are sitting pretty, man. So that's going to be on uh, News Talk 96.5 KPL for you tonight. Pre-game at 6.30, Jay Walker has the call. Norm, uh, so, you know, did, did you – did you talk to your guy when he was no longer a raging Cajun, or has he just kind of um, disappeared from here? He kind of just disappeared. I haven't had a chance to kind of talk to him since the new year. Um, but I went and the school just started out again for the students today. And, I, you know, I was going to hit him up today, like, you know, what's going on or how are things going. But I can't say that he him adjusting to – the school just kind of was rough for him, you know. Well, he um, he is no longer with the team, but I tell you what, for the Cajuns, I said this yesterday, I, I love Kintrell Garnett. I mean, he's a great kid, but to go, you know, from walk-on, he's 6'1", a buck 65, and he's starting when the season starts, and he's bringing defense, and he's the only guy that never missed a single practice, and he he felt like, a guy that should have been said former walk on. Like it felt like that should have been what you said before yeah. you talked about him. And this past week it was. As soon as the scholarship opened, you know, Montclair leaves, a scholarship opens, and Coach Bob Marlin immediately was like, well, we're giving it to Kentrell because he's more than earned it. And, um, you know, I shout out to him. And I love, you know, that, that last win they had without Jordan Brown, who was out with concussion symptoms against Arkansas State going into overtime. There it's Garnett, right? He's 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 getting the rebound off a missed free throw. He's the shortest guy on the court. He's getting fouled. He's sinking the free throws on the other end. He's hitting big threes. He's just like the moment's not big for him, even though he he feels just like this this young kid. He um he steps up in the big moments, and I don't know, Norm. There's 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 a soft spot in my heart for anybody in college sports that goes from walk on to scholarship player in really is a big part of the team. I mean, heck, you know, Deuce Wallace, who was in camp with the Saints, right? I mean, he, he didn't have a scholarship yeah. when he first got to UL. He earned it. I know it's a different sport, right. but Shane Vallow, right, just finished his career, a great career with the Cajuns, guy that earned the scholarship. I love those stories. And, um, you know, it, it, Garnett, I could – I know it sounds really cliche. I know it sounds cheesy, and it's it's definitely overused when you use it in sports. But I don't care. I'll use it anyway. The kid plays with so much heart. There's no way you can't just. There's no way you cannot can't not respect the kid. No, nah, you call him Four K Trey. You know, uh, that's what they call him. Kentrell is, is a, he's from Donaldsonville, Louisiana. You know, uh, young boy. His name is Kentrell. He's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So they they run around and call him Four K Trey. And look, like you said, he's leaving it out there all on the court. And I think it's a it's a different type of heart that comes from a guy that that's a walk on and that plays for that scholarship, you know what I'm saying? And then you see it every night that he plays basketball. He gives it his all. And like you say, he's not the biggest guy. I want to say he's maybe a like a buck fifty soaking wet. Yeah, yeah. He's listed at six one, one sixty five and and he's put on weight. I mean last year he was like real the whole team has put on a lot of muscle mass. I mean, you know, you get a strength and conditioning coach in there it it obviously makes a world of difference and uh, I think this team has shown that they're well conditioned, and you got to be when, especially those two first road wins in conference, when you're extremely short-handed, to uh, to get the wins that they got. So they'll be in action tonight again at UT Arlington. Uh, Gary Broadhead squad after a dozen days of not being able to play, they're uh, hosting uh, Troy in a Sun Belt Conference Championship rematch. So 
biggest home game of the regular season. It's the night of the Cajun Dome for Gary Broadhead's squad. Troy is 3-0 in conference play, so they come in undefeated in conference play, and it'll uh, it'll be a good one, and we'll have it for you on these airwaves. ESPN Lafayette, Steve Pelican will have the call for that one. Norm, last night, LSU won again. Uh, they are 15-1. and They have continued to climb the rankings from uh, barely scratching the top 25 to start the season. Now 15-1, and 3-1 uh, and one in conference play. Now they wanted Florida last night. Now Florida's, you know, 0-3 in conference play, but Florida is a, um, first of all, it, you know, I know it, it, it's hard to win on the road, right, in college hoops. LSU's only loss this year was at Auburn, uh, who is really good. I mean, you, you uh, folks watched Auburn and Alabama maybe earlier this week. I mean, Auburn's ranked fourth in the country. So uh, wh- where, do you, where are you at with LSU in terms of their chances of, of, of making – you know, a deep run, possibly competing for the SEC, and then beyond that, once it gets to tourney time. Yeah, I, I do like I like what LSU basketball has come forward. My, uh, in the tournament, though, Scott, I don't know. I think they can make it, but winning a game in the tournament, I just I don't know they'll how be, long they'll, they'll you, be in it. I mean, they could be ranked in the top in ten it. in the country by the time yeah. the tournament rolls around. They're going to be good. a high seed. I mean, they're no. I I would definitely think it's. Can they make us run to the Sweet 16? Can they make a run beyond that? I think that's that's the question for this team because from a talent standpoint, I mean, but, I, I I think they've got I'm it. A, yeah, no, I'm agree with you on a talent standpoint. I just don't know. I, again, you've been watching LSU basketball longer than I have. When is the last time that LSU basketball seriously competed in the Sweet 16? I mean, seriously competed in March Madness. I mean, they were they were in the Sweet 16 just a couple of years ago. What's a couple? What was that? Two years ago? Three years ago? It wasn't. It wasn't that long ago that they were. I mean, it, it was the year after the they were in the NIT and the whole you know uh, that whole thing went down. Yeah, they were. They yes, were. They yeah. were in the Sweet Sixteen just just then. You know, it's just I don't know, guys. Just something about LSU basketball. Where I just can't. I'm not uh too keen on it when it's time for March Madness. It's just like. All right, I'm looking at their stats. Yeah, they made it to the Sweet 16 in 2019, and then before then, 2006, uh, oh, tournament that, of 32. That was such a fun they, team. No, they they went to the Final Four that year. That was yeah. That that team, you know, Glenn Davis, Tasman Mitchell, Tyrus Thomas, Darren Mitchell. It was uh, that was a that, Garrett Temple, you know, redshirt freshman, by the way, who started as a preferred walk on. Now the guy's still playing in the NBA. Shout out Garrett Temple. That's a Shout good. Out Temple. We're, we're going to get to the Pels a little bit later, but no, no I, I think if LSU finishes as a top four seed, I think I think they're in the Sweet Sixteen this year. You know, and I'm looking at their tournament appearances. Uh, you got since 2000, you got 2000, 2003, 05, 06, 09, 15, 19, 21. Uh, that's why I say I'm not too keen on you know believing the the hype into LSU basketball right now. I I, I, I don't know. It's just not. It's just me, Scott. I'm just. I'm not there yet. I'm not well, there yet. Will, will Wade. He'll. He'll get there. It'll be there. His third. time. He don't want to see them Cajuns. His third time there. Uh, that will was. Wade. That was. Uh, 2018 was. That was something. That was. Yeah, he lost. He. he I, I. I'm not telling you I'm a fan of the guy or anything like that. Um, that's definitely not what I'm saying. Uh, I'm just telling you that LSU's got a, a really good team and uh, they should be. You know. Whether you whether you love them or hate them, I think LSU's got a team that can win some games in the tournament and make things interesting. ESPN by Lafayette. Far, 
By far better than the football program right now. Just got to throw that out there. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. <laughs> I just got to throw that out there. No, I mean, the football team, they got to. <laughs> although, you know, you, you, your boy Kyron Lacey leaves you well four days after he said he wasn't going anywhere and, and heading but to he LSU. Hasn't committed. He, he hasn't committed. He's just gotten the offer. He's just gotten the offer. I talked to him actually today, and uh, he's got a bunch of offers, but he hasn't committed uh, to it. But also, I mean, I'm I sorry, you're right. He, you're right. He got. I'm thinking of Makai. Makai Gardner actually said he was going committed. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Kyron yeah, Lacey, Kyron yeah. Lacey, Auburn, LSU, a few others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just left Auburn. If I'm not when I was talking to Kyron, he just had left Auburn. Um, but yeah, uh, he was one of the guys that was friends that kind of wanted to see how things play out, uh, kind of want to keep his name at UL and also see what other things could possibly happen. But, you know, sometimes they, they the decisions that go into it, you got to just be all in or all out. And that's what kind of transformed into it. I mean, so he's, you know, a bright kid, great future. Hopefully he lands somewhere, gets some great playing time and, you know, best of luck to him. ESPN Lafayette. Scott Pray, the Norman Lock. We're going to circle back to the NFL, we were talking about it earlier, making our picks for the uh, wild card round. We both like the Bengals. Haven't really made a pick in the Niners-Cowboys game yet, but we'll do that. Go through the other five matchups. Uh, although I did say that I'm, you know, we're both, we both like the Chiefs and Bucks. Surprise, surprise. Norm gives the Eagles a shot. Will he pick them to win straight up? Find out next. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into the great Scott show. Scott Prather, Norman Locke, Dr. Troll on uh, via the app with us this morning. Unfortunately, we don't have open phone lines as Norm is not in studio, but uh, he'll be back in next week. And will, will he be gloating or will he be making excuses? Well, the answer to that question will be answered on Sunday when the Cowboys play the Niners to... Uh, disgusting, but uh, very historic franchises that have a lot of uh, wins in their history. Norm, Norm admitted earlier that he was concerned about the matchup, but of course, I mean, the guy's been shooting out just all this palaver all year about how the Cowboys are going to win it all. So if you think he's going to yeah, be I mean, objective, was, don't, 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 don't book on that. I mean, I've, I've only, I'm only one game off of my win-loss record for the Cowboys. I said the Cowboys won't lose more than four games. We lost five, and that was that Denver game that we shouldn't have lost. But, you know, that's what I say. I, I, I felt the energy preseason. I mean, didn't they just get the snot beat out of them? Yeah, we did. That's why I say that's the one that I, I think I mean, we shouldn't have lost. shouldn't I have predicted, lost. I mean, you, it, I predicted four or five, so that's the one that I didn't think that we would lose. So that's the one we shouldn't have lost, in my opinion. Really? But, uh, I, I thought you were just talking mad trash about the Cardinals a few weeks ago. You weren't expecting them to beat the Cowboys. Well, preseason, I did pick the Cardinals to, to beat the oh, Cowboys. Oh, so now we're just going to pick and choose when we made our predictions. Okay. I did. I mean, I, I said, you know, we're going to lose no more than four games. You were not saying that I, I the just, week before the Cardinals game. I'm just telling you that. 
Although a week, I say preseason. No, I know, I know, I know. We're just, we're just now, but yeah. when you do it multiple times, you kind of go back and forth and say, "Well, I was, yeah. I was right." You know, because you just yeah, pick I when was you, right. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make two different picks every week before every Saints game, yeah. so I can be right every week next year. Well, you still wouldn't make the playoffs. I mean, if I'm right every week, if I'm right every week, I will. Uh, by the way, the by the way, I didn't predict the Saints to make the playoffs this year. You did. Um, you did. You I, I, I'm glad you did. They will. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and tell you, they will be in the playoffs next year. I'm just going to tell you that. That's your preseason. Well, I don't know. Let's go ahead and tell you that right now. Let's go ahead and tell you that right now. You know, I was, I was, I was reading on uh, NBC Sports about how the Raiders might try to trade for Sean Payton. So I don't know, Scott. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Sean's going anywhere. And I've said this, <laughs> I've said this, I've said this for years. Now you. You, you, you know they've they've had connections to him in Dallas. There was it wasn't a report. There was a story that was written and that was that was an opinion piece that said Sean Payton should consider bouncing. Sean Payton loves control. I mean that's not a secret. It's a fact. He and has, he loves Jason Hill. He has he, he loves a number of things. Um, but he is he has full control in New Orleans. He does not have an owner that will ever tell him what to do. The guy's got control down to he knows everyone who has a key card in and out of the building. A head coach should not have to even worry about that or think about it. But guess what? He wants to. He wants to know, all right, what members of the media, what members, what players, what this, what that. He's got full control, and uh, and he's got a roster that's still had a winning record despite everything from this year. Uh, no, Sean's, Sean ain't going anywhere. He's not. Why would he? Why would he when he when he's a guy that loves control and he's got it and he's he's got a team that he can compete with? Uh, I mean, I I know Sean Payton isn't going anywhere. It's just funny to see you know other fan bases really think that they could try to trade for Sean Payton. It's like why why like why even put energy into it? Sean's not going. Nowhere. Is there like like there's certain like like Payton and you got you got Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Like is there is there another? Like, what are coaches that would just never leave where they are? But also, the the caveat to that question, Norm, is they're also not in danger of like losing their job ever. Yeah, you know, now. like 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 guys like Tomlin and Peyton and Belichick. Like, is there someone outside of those three? Maybe Pete Carroll, but if I if he were, but now at his age, he's not leaving the Seahawks. Like, there's no reason to. That's interesting too, because a lot of people feel like. The, Seattle ownership is going to have to make a choice this offseason. Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson? Hey, Pete's, uh, Pete's seventy. I, I do, I do, I am one of those people, Scott. But I don't think it's. I think they can mend the relationship too. I think they it could come down to a choice, but I do think that the relationship could be mended also, uh, just by the offseason moves. I think if the offseason moves uh, pleases Russell Wilson, hey, no harm, no foul. Let's run it back again. But if the offseason moves doesn't please him, he doesn't like what the defense is going to look like come next season, he doesn't look like what the offensive line is going to look like, the running back position, oh, I'm Russell Wilson, get out of there. I've got to get out of that stat. Let's talk, let's talk about coaching changes because Pete Carroll, it's not like there was any talk of him being fired. It's not nope. like Black Monday came and it was like, oh, Pete Carroll. I mean, there wasn't even whispers. So no, zero. I mean, Seattle ain't going to make a, a coaching change like in three months, like I don't, I don't see Carroll going anywhere. I don't see it either, Scott. Uh, again, unless it comes down to Russell Wilson putting his feet in the sand and saying, "We need a change." This Seattle Seahawks team has been on a decline for the last three seasons, which it has. We need a change. I mean, I, and I'll say the start 
of the decline, Scott, honestly, was trading for Jamal Adams, two first-round picks. You put yourself in a hole. That's a bad idea. You put yourself in a bad idea. But but they're they're, they're not great. You know, they've uh, granted, look, you can can point to Russell Wilson. That was a long time ago. You can point to DK Metcalf in the second round. But the the Seahawks have made a lot of bad first-round picks. A lot of bad first-round picks, Scott, and it's it's coming to fruition. I mean, look at the running back position. They have had multiple running backs since Marshawn Lynch left, and they can't. They haven't found their bell cow of the back, and the, each running back that they have drafted has had multiple injuries. I know Penny has shown a, a burst as of lately, but it's all just glimpses. It's, there's no consistency. It's glimpses, at correct, all. correct. Yeah, I, I I thought the Seahawks would be better this year. I did. I. I a lot of that was Russell Wilson, and he missed a lot of time. But Correct. I think uh, I think he's going to be elsewhere next year. I do think New Orleans is at play, um, but I think there's other teams at play too. New York, that one's in there. They fired Joe Judge. The Giants fired him after saying they wouldn't. After um, Twitter, it was Twitter, Scott. Twitter I mean, got him. That dude, ten and twenty-three. They're they're not in a great position cap wise. They do have, you know, what two picks in the first round. Um, the top ten. Are, 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 is, is the GM announced his retirement? So they've got they've got major <laughs> they fired, openings. They fired Jason Garrett. <laughs> they've got major openings. They've got major problems. I want to look to a couple other teams before I ask you what I'm going to ask you. So you got the Broncos. Vic Fangio out um, okay. in 19 and 30 in three seasons. You don't have a quarterback. You don't have a team that's going to win. Um, nope. That's 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 pretty much. That tells you everything you need to know about Denver the last few years. Broncos do have some pieces on defense, but they really need they really need an offensive minded guy. Uh, you look at the Bears. Ugh, I mean, good lord, I, I don't even need to say anything about the Bears. You know how bad that is. The Dolphins fired Brian Flores. The Jags, we know they fired Urban Meyer. You know about a month ago, and then the Vikings fired Mike Zimmer and their GM Rick Spielman. Zimmer, you know, he had a winning record in eight seasons. You know, they went to the playoffs multiple times. It just, I don't think he's a bad coach, but sometimes you have a coach where it just, it's time, right? The, you need yeah. a new voice in the room. They had success, but it's just not working anymore. You know, the, the Vikings firing, I'm not saying, look, the Vikings underperformed this year, so I'm not making excuses for them. And then you have the Raiders who may or may not have an opening because Rick Basecchia, to, to to take over, you know, as the coach nab in the postseason, I mean, especially if they win a game. But right now, for the sake of this argument, that job is open, right? I want you to rank them. Raiders, Vikings, Jags, Bears, Giants, Broncos. What is the best? What is the worst? Which 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 job do you feel like is the best for a coach and which job do you feel like is the worst? Okay, so first off, I'll say the Denver Broncos is absolutely the best place to go for a head coaching job, in my opinion. You got a GM that's not scared to spend money on free agents to win it all. You got um, Elway. He's won multiple Super Bowls. He knows what a winning franchise looks like from a player standpoint and from a front office standpoint. And I like the offense that they have. I like Williams. I like Melvin Gordon. I like the wide receivers. You got Jerry Judy. You got Corlin Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick. I like what they have on the offense. The defense is pretty young and pretty stout. They're just a quarterback away. Just and a quarterback have, away. They have, uh, uh, I want to say, like $40 million in cap space. They just haven't. The they, they, 
outside of Peyton Manning, they really have, and that was. It was a wolf. They I mean, had the, yeah. John, John Elway has had some terrible quarterbacks that he's, you know, I mean, Paxton Lynch, good Lord. They've, they've, it's been rough. <laughs> it's been a rough go for Denver at QB with the exception of Peyton Manning. But when they had him, I mean, they won a Super Bowl and he wasn't even playing great when they did. They went uh, back to back Super Bowls, Scott. So they went back to back and they won, they won one of them. So who are you Correct. going with? Uh, which, which is the worst of these jobs? The- the worst of the jobs, it has to be to me this the the Minnesota Vikings, just because you're going into a situation where you have some definites, Scott. And like you say, a coach likes to come in and have control. Well, Kirk Cousins' contract is guaranteed, Scott. You can't you can't you can't move on from a guaranteed. Well, you contract. can. You you would you'd have to trade him and then you'd have to pay some of the money in the trade. If you truly if you had a guy that wanted to come in and just get rid of Kirk Cousins, they could do it. They could, they could, they could, they could start over and say, "Look, you got a year left. It's fully guaranteed. We're going to trade you. We're going to get draft capital. We're going to start. You know, the, whoever takes over Minnesota, that's the question. Do you want to start over at that spot and try to do like a semi rebuild, or do you, do you know, do you want do you want to ride the Kirk Cousins trade again? Scott, you're, he's coming off the best season of his career. He's not going anywhere. You, and, that, you, and I you, think that's the reason why you, I, you, you're saying best because of stats. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still Kirk Cousins. You're right, but what does what keeps a quarterback at the quarterback position starting in the NFL, and what gets them paid? Scott stats. Wow. And I hate to say it, but that's what it. That's what's that's what's gotten Kirk Cousins to this far. He didn't, you know, it he's, wasn't winning. Yeah, no, but he has won. He's won enough. He's just, but he's just. It's well, not, that's. Well, you're giving me more points. He's won enough to remain the starting quarterback of the Minnesota. But you were just using Kirk time. Cousins as a reason why it's a job of the, and I don't it, think it is. It's the reason why it's a worse job for a new head coach because you can't he you can't control your own destiny with your quarterback. Okay, you go to the Miami Dolphins. There was rumblings of Tua leaving or being traded before they fired. Um, Brian Flores. If you look at the the Denver Broncos, they get to bring in a new quarterback. You look at the Chicago Bears; they have a young quarterback with Justin Fields. If you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Well, who's the one team that stuck with an old guy with a bunch of money? The Minnesota Vikings. Then you have some more definites. You got Cook. Cook is in a deal. He's two years into a deal. You got Justin Jefferson, rookie wide receiver. He's a stud, but. I mean, you, you, it's not like you want to get rid of him, but you, he's got, there. you got a team that was a game under 500 this year that easily could have, you know, won a couple more. They were in some close games. They, I just think it's the harder spot for a new coach to come in and make something of his. I own. think, I think by far the worst is the Giants' job. I think that's they they don't have any cap space at all. It's going to be a brand new GM, a brand new coach. Who is your quarterback? I mean, is it Daniel Jones? Good Lord. I don't think for me, it's the Giants by a lot. And then I don't I don't know that the Bears are a great spot right now. I, I think I think Minnesota is is better. I think the Raiders are are obviously they're in the playoffs. That's a that might be the best one on the list. Like I'm not with you there. I think I would put the I would put I'd put the Giants last, Bears second to last. Might even put the Broncos after that. So I'm we're we're different on here because I think Jacksonville. It's obviously they're really bad, but like your expectation is going to be the lowest because not only are you going to a team that's picking first, but you're also replacing Urban Meyer, 
which was a complete disaster. So that's your comp, right? And you and you got like Trevor you say, Lawrence. You got a number one. You pick. got the number one yeah. overall pick. You got, got you got you got you got the you got least stuff to work with. You got the least amount of pressure, and you've got a lot to work with. I, I put Jacksonville. May I? I'm, I think I actually put them one on the list. As crazy as that sounds, I think I think of all of them. I think I think that's 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 a good spot for a coach that wants to come in. Some questions about Shad Khan, but you know, in terms of an owner that'll spend money, he'll do it. The question is, can he make the right hire? And the fact that he didn't fire his GM is scary. And so, you know, whoever they hire as a head coach might just screw up the whole thing. But just looking at it from the outside, I, I can see why that job, despite all the losses, I can see why it would be a desirable spot to go. Yeah, I, I do see as and then it's you know it's Jacksonville in Florida, you know, no income tax and keep some of that bread. But I, again, uh, if I'm talking about if I'm a head coach, Scott, and I want to come in, can bring my own regime in. Like you say, you're coming from a, a dog veil over the Jacksonville Jaguars with Urban Meyer. I'm going to the Broncos. It's not like the the, the Broncos had a terrible past uh, a season where they just had storylines of storylines. I think you're kind of walking into a situation where you can build your home and not have too much of the, the backlash of the media on you. Like you say, with the Vikings, you're going to be, in my opinion, the Vikings, you're going to be in a win-down situation. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're going to be, well, Urban Meyer did this last year, and then you got two back-to-back number one picks. You're going to with these two back-to-back number one picks, and you're going to have to hit on this number one pick. Then you look at the Chicago Bears. Like you said, uh, uh, you know, Chicago got a lot of tool in the work. You got to build your offense around Justin Fields. Yeah, I think he's going to be a great quarterback. But, I mean, what else does Chicago have? Khalil Mack, I think he's on the downside of his career. So you, you got a lot to deal with with them. Miami Dolphins, I don't know what it is with Miami, Scott. I just feel like since they passed on Drew Brees, I think that's just a, a curse that's just been over the franchise. <laughs> I mean, they had one good season with Pennington at quarterback. Then they had, uh, you know, they had a season where like Matt Moore started a playoff game for him, but they had the easiest schedule. They're just Drew Brees has cursed them. I don't know what it is. Drew Brees left that office like y'all don't sign me. Y'all will not find another quarterback for twenty five years. I think that's. I think he put the voodoo on him, Scott. What did you? That's make? how he got that e- scar on his cheek. ESPN. Huh? No, it was it was a birthmark. <laughs> Uh, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Braith and Norman Locke. Uh, we don't have open signing as uh, Norm is not in studio. He's coming over nap. Appreciate you guys listening. If you were listening via the stream, it is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the World Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Go check out the delicious food, the groceries, the, the wine there. Long wine list for those who are into it. Get my Casamigos from there. Some Casamigos and some cheese curds. You might see Dr. Locke, uh, you know, roaming those aisles over there. So Brian Flores getting fired by the Dolphins. A lot of people said that they were surprised. The more you read into it, it's like I think Flores. He look. He finished twenty four and twenty five. Game under five hundred. So not great, not bad, right? This season you lose. This season you're one and seven, and then you you know you lose eight. Right. It's. I don't think it's an on field results thing. Um, the owner basically said, look, we had four offensive coordinators, two defensive coordinators, four offensive line coaches. We've had all these personnel changes. And he hinted that it was all based on their relationship with Flores. I think he was a tough guy to work for. And I don't know. It's 
You see you know some of these. Is, the, the, you see some of the disciples that come from Bill Belichick, and they they do things similar in some ways, or it's we're going to do it this way, or get out, and that, and it just, I don't know, man. It hasn't it hasn't worked that well. There's been a lot of pupils of Belichick that have gone other places and have not been able to maintain success. Now Flores did better than some guys, you know, like like Josh McDaniels or. Or, or you know, Matt Patricia in Detroit, which was a disaster. I mean, Flores, did, it wasn't like that. But I think it's, you know, I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting it, and yet it's it it sounds more like a relationship thing. But what's your take on it? Why do you think he's out? I think it came down to, I think ownership and the GM want to stick with Tua and Brian Flores. Big part has of it. Always been been anti Tua. Yeah, or, or not, not fully on board not, with Tua, right? Yeah, correct, right. correct. Fully on board with Tua. And I think it came down to making the decision of the young quarterback or the coach. And they chose Tua. And we're going to see next season where it's like, okay, Tua, you have full reign in the offense. You got a new head coach. This is your team. Year three is your team. Show us. It's it, 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 more pressure on Tua now. Right, more pressure on Tua. More pressure it's tour on time. Tua. That's it, it. It certainly is. We'll see if he can do it. Uh, that is Norman Locke. I'm Scott Prather. I said we we're going to make our wild card picks. We're going to do it next. We, if you missed the the first hour, we went back and looked at our preseason picks as far as who would win divisions, who would win wild cards. We both picked a a lot of the teams in the playoffs. Um, uh, we mi- I missed on uh, two, Norm missed on one in the AFC, but where Norm got me in the point differential was that he predicted three of the four division winners in the AFC, but all three wildcard teams correctly. And now my only chance of beating him in this uh, scoreboard that no one cares about except he and I is if the Chief and Packers play in the Super Bowl and the Chiefs win. <coughs> that happens. Th- Actually... The Chiefs could play somebody other than the Rams that if the Chiefs win, actually could pass you that way as well. So there's still there's still hope for me yet, although there's no breakfast on the line, so I'm not feeling as um, as nervous as, as when I check Pelican's team NBA store to see if a Herb Jones jersey is available. <laughs> I actually seen people on Twitter uh, tweeting at the pe- the Pelicans official Twitter and the NBA Make it happen. begging for begging for the Herb Jones. Told you. Uh, I mean, I, the, the, give the people what they want, man. Give the people begging for them. the people. Pels in action and that against the Clippers. Brandon Ingram going off. We'll talk some Pels a little bit later as well. It's all coming your way. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott. That's Norman Locke. This is the Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We're right back right after this. And you don't stop. Oh, you can't. And you don't stop. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Norman Locke coming to us via the World Wide Web this morning. As a result, uh, we don't have open phone lines. Our apologies for that. 
We'll have them open for you back open next week when Norm is in studio. He'll be open tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour as well. Gus Cadgill will join me tomorrow in the 7 o'clock hour. If you miss any of the shows, you can hear them all on demand. Uh, my conversation yesterday with Louisiana head football coach Michael Desimo, very enlightening. He answered a lot of questions. It was a good in-depth conversation. If you missed it, you can hear it over at ESPNLafayette.com. NFL playoffs coming your way. We're two days away from the start of it. We're going to go through our picks. We already kind of made a few picks earlier in the show, but we're going to go through all six games. You and I, Norm, we talked a lot about the oddity of the Raiders and the Bengals, the hot and cold, and what are you going to get on any This is a game I would not bet money on at all. Uh, for what it's worth, those that are betting money on it, the uh, game has the, uh, the, the the current line is Cincinnati minus five and a half. They haven't won a playoff game since the 1990 season. Uh, it's been over 21 years. January 6th, 1991, they beat up the Houston Oilers. It was in Cincinnati. Did they get it done at Paul Brown Stadium? Did the Bengals finally get a playoff win, Norm? It's been a long it's been a long time since there was a playoff victory in the state of Ohio. Um I know I know the Browns finally won one last year. Granted, it was it was at Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Are the Bengals gonna do it or are the Raiders gonna continue um, you know, this little I mean, they've they're hot. They've won three in a row. I got I got Bengals winning. Close by a wide margin. Uh, now see that one. I don't know. Again, he's he's still one of he's still the most sacked quarterback in the league. <sighs> I, I don't got that one yet. I don't got that one yet. I I I mean, I'm going with Joe Burrow. This the, the big games, big big game, Joe. There's something to it. Uh, they use a different word than game, but he um, <laughs> he's he's got it, man. I I, yeah, I like I like the Bengals as well, although. I think it's a close game. I think it's going to be interesting. If Cincinnati's got a, a, a small lead late in the game, does that pressure start to creep in? That pressure of, oh, God, you know, are, are we finally going to do this thing? Um, and I feel like the Raiders having won three in a row and just kind of gotten back in there and everything they've been through this season, maybe they're a little more loose in this one. Buffalo and New England Saturday night. Boy, I tell you what, for, all the, for all the preseason hype, about and you're right uh the, the the forecast saturday night at orchard park new york is a uh, three degrees at highmark stadium that's the <laughs> forecast three degrees um it is going to be cold pat's bills like the bills are the more talented team this year i mean the pats beat them once but it was in that insane weather game right i mean that, correct Whenever it was, you know, just cold when they played the next time and not crazy ass weather, the Bills, the Bills handled it. Boy, though, there is if the Bills are playing anyone else other than the Patriots, I mean, they just had to draw that. I feel like there there is an again an added element of pressure and like God, this team. Yeah, we've beat them a few times, but over the last twenty years, they have just had our number, and they've been the big brother. And 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 now here we are in the playoffs. We feel like we've got a team that can make a run to the Super Bowl, but this is who we have to play Saturday night. I don't know, man. There's there is an element to this 
the experience. I get it. It's a rookie quarterback and all that other stuff, but I, whew, I, I I'm kind of waffling back and forth on this norm. I'm, I'm leaning toward the Bills, and I think it's just because I kind of want the Bills to win, and I don't know if that's why I'm slightly leaning there. Bills are a four-point favorite. I, I I almost look at this as a picket, bro. Where where are you at? I'm I'm leaning toward the Bills by a field goal. Who you got? I'm going Bills, and I, I got Bills more than a field goal. Um, I just think the Bills' skill positions are better than the Patriots' skill positions. I think the Patriots are – and this team, after watching them pretty closely, I think they're built on play action and running the football. I think the Bills know this. It's a rookie quarterback. It's really cold outside. They're not going to lean. Bill Belichick's smarter than the lean on his rookie quarterback in a playoff game. It's going to be a heavy dose of Harris. But I think the Bills know this. I think the Bills, when I told you, I told you about them Bills. Bills Mafia. You talk about a team that feeds off the emotions of their fan base. If they get down early or turn it over, or a couple of wacky, you know, plays happen, they're gonna feel the panic in their fan base too. Um, uh, but I, I hope the Bills win. I'm rooting for the Bills. Bucks, Eagles. Uh, I don't like either of these teams doing anything after this weekend. It's the game I have the least interest in of all the playoff games. I think the Bucks will win, probably by a touchdown, and I don't even really care. Uh, you give the Eagles a little bit of a better shot. Who do you like in this game? Are you gonna Are you gonna go different? All right, we've had the same pick so far. You're gonna go out on the limb and actually pick an upset here. No, I'm gonna <laughs> pick the fucking <laughs> Tom Brady. Uh, you don't, you don't, you don't go against Tom. You know what I'm saying? You talk, you talk smack about Tom, but you don't go against Tom. All right, I'm picking Tom Brady, the Buccaneers. That, well, well Tom, Tom will just, you know, say nice things to your face and then just turn around and just talk mad trash about you right after he, you know, tosses the ball around with your kids. <laughs> no, oh, no, Scott, now I've been saying that happened since it happened. And I'm so glad somebody came out, Shady McCoy, on I Am Athlete Podcast, if you want to go watch it, uh, came out and said that the story was true because I knew Tom Brady was out there throwing the ball to his kid after putting Char- after putting Drew Brees in a retirement in his head. He was sitting there like, ha-ha, I got you. Them records are mine. Seven and two lifetime against uh, Peyton and Brees. All right, San Francisco. Now I got a question about me. that. I got a question about that. Two, two I got a question seven. about that. He's two, yeah, it's two and seven. Is that is that the record from two the two of those games are when he first came to the NFC South, right? So he's so he's five and two pre coming to the Bucks. Two and five. Well, I guess he's well, no, I mean they played three times. So he would he would have been, I guess, five and, I guess he would have been five and one against them prior to last year. Five okay, yeah. That's okay, yeah. I was just I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I get it. Brady, Brady wanted, you yeah. know, it's like this guy's been beating me. He's got the records. Screw that guy. I mean, Brady. But yeah. Brady, Brady will say a lot of stuff to your face or to the cameras. It's it's very different. You see how much he curses and screams at everybody. I love when the mics catch him and Chauncey going back and forth. And <laughs> I can't say the words that Tom has said to him because we're on the radio here. More on Shady McCoy in a minute because Norm's got some inside scoop about what Tom Brady and Teron Matthew said to each other in the Super Bowl. That's coming your way in a few minutes. Cowboys Niners. You're picking the Cowboys. Let's move on. I uh, I like Dallas to win that game as well. We both like the Chiefs against the Steelers, so we're all on the same page here. 
Monday night football. I am going to be different because I know you're leaning to the Rams. I am picking the Cardinals to win at L.A. Arizona's better on the road anyway. You know, oh, they, they, uh, they, here they go. The Cardinals, they blew it. They had a chance to host. They're better on the road anyway, man. I mean, look at their record home road. Cardinals win. You said you're being different. You're not being different. I'm picking the Cardinals to win. I don't believe in Matthew Stafford in the playoffs. People sat there and and told me I was crazy and all these stats and sent me all this information. You know, I don't look at none of these stats and information. Make my own judgment. Look, Matthew Stafford got Megatron in the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, that's not true. Megatron got in the Hall of Fame off his own back. When a man is triple team and a quarterback still decides to throw the football, it ain't a smart decision. It's just that he's a freaking gift of an athlete to make that catch. Guess what? You can have Cooper Cup and have all these yards. You did it with Megatron. Megatron's got in the Hall of Fame. Cooper Cup might get in the Hall of Fame. But Matthew Stafford, you're still that same guy. You went to Georgia. You went to Georgia. National champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Um, All right. I guess we're picking all the same games. Well, that's awfully, awfully boring. Here's a stat for you. Arizona this season, 3-5 and at home, 8-1 and on the road. Eight and one. I mean, the fans don't love them. If the Eagles, the Eagles are the only other team in the playoffs that had a, a losing record at home, which is really, which well, is really why. odd. I know why. why. I mean, it's, it's, they, oh, they, I take that back. I, I stand corrected. <laughs> the New England Patriots also a losing record at home, six and two on the road. So three teams in the playoffs had losing records at home. All three of those teams are on the road to start the playoffs. That's part of the reason why, because they didn't win enough home games. But that's uh, interesting. Hey, they can travel. They can win on the road. Hey, we might see eight some and one. Upsets. Eight and one on the road is pretty. Is pretty. That's the best road record in the NFL this season. And the only other team that came close. Uh, were the Cowboys and the Rams, who were both 7-2 and two away. So the Rams, they'd probably be on the road too. They happen to be the home team. And when you got Matthew Stafford talking about how loud it was in the fourth quarter and how he had to go to the silent count because he couldn't hear himself at the line of scrimmage when he's playing a home game, uh, yeah, it, it's it's working out better for the Cardinals that they are the road team in this. And unfortunately, we picked all the same teams. All right, when we come back, final segment. Rams four point favorite, by the way. I'll take I will take Arizona plus four. We're uh we're gonna get some scoop from Norm. What did Tom Brady and Tyron Matthew actually tell one another? Because Shady McCoy is saying one thing, but Norm knows Ty Matthew and the honey badger is saying another. We'll get to the bottom of that and a little quick hit on those New Orleans Pelicans. Will Brandon Ingram be an all-star? We'll ask Norm that question next. Don't go anywhere. Final segment of the Great Scott Show coming your way right after this. Welcome back into the great Scott show. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. 
Our apologies. We couldn't bring in the uh, audience today via the phone line. We appreciate you guys listening. Norm coming to us over the app this morning. He'll be back in the studio next week. Norman, Tom Brady, Ty Matthew in the Super Bowl talking a lot of trash to one another. There was speculation. Who said what? Yada, yada. Um, what did Shady McCoy claim happen? And, and what did, and maybe, was that even the Super Bowl or was that a regular season? You're going to have to refresh my memory here. I do remember okay. Brady and Honey Badger. Super Bowl. Okay. I remember him going back and forth a bunch. And then at one point, you know, Brady ran back over to tell Tyron something, and Ty looked at him like, you know, what did you say? And they kind of jawed back, yeah. which, you know, I dig it, right? Let players, let them go at it, man. I, I dig that kind of stuff. But what is Shady saying happening? What actually happened? So so Shady McCoy just recently went on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall and Ocho Cinco, and they was talking about the – Tampa Bay versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And they was talking about Tom Brady specifically. And they was, you know, talking about whether Tom Brady is tough or soft. And Shady McCoy said, nah, you know, Tom Brady is tough. He was like, you know, there was a play that happened between him and Shady McCoy, I mean, him and Ty Matthew, where Tom throws a touchdown to Antonio Brown and he scores the play on Ty Matthew. He said he runs to the end zone to congratulate Antonio Brown. He's like, yeah, you know Tom Brady's always hyped up, screaming and yelling. And he gets a little too close to Tyron. And Shady McCoy alleges that Tyron did a dirty play, which, again, I don't know what was dirty, but he alleges that Tyron did a dirty play. And Tom was said something too close to Tyron. And Tyron yelled out, uh, allegedly, F you. And Tom runs back after the play's over and runs back and say, nah, F you. And I guess that shows how hard or not soft Tom Brady is. But, you know, I tagged Tyron Matthew on the video on Instagram once I saw a lot of people was talking about it and chiming in. And Tom Brady actually fell in the comments of the video to say, oh, football is a competitive sport. All love. Much love to the honey badger. You know, but we, me and you, Scott, like we said earlier, Tom Brady says what he wants to the media. He but, says stuff you know, publicly and then behind those doors just talks a lot of trash. Talks a lot of trash. So when I when I hit up Tyron, I asked Tyron, you know, was this dude Tyron made, you know, said something that, that came out to be really true. Shady McCoy did not play a snap in that entire Super Bowl. So how do you know what was said in that moment or what took place on that field unless it was told to you secondhand? Because you did not play a snap, Shady McCoy, not one snap. I looked it up. I don't think he played a snap in either Super Bowls that he was a part of. Did Now, did... Did did he say what him and Brady said back and forth, or he just said, I'm, I'm not going there? He said that I can get the first interview after the season is finished, and he'll talk about everything, and everybody should look forward to his new book that's going to be coming out soon. Can't wait. The morning lock-in, Sunday mornings, 8 to 10. That's going to be freaking awesome. Can't wait to hear that interview. Uh, all right, the Pels in action tonight against the Clippers, who they've beaten. They have a chance to sweep the Clippers uh, with sweet, a win sweet. tonight. Um, Brandon Ingram, he, he's he's playing the best ball of his career right now. Yeah, the Pels right. are 11 games under five hundred. Well, you know what? They started 1-12. Um, Correct. They are playing uh, – it's been the first time since they, – they had a stretch under Monty Williams, and it's been, it was a while mm-hmm. ago where you could tell they were playing for their head coach. They love their head coach. 
I don't know that that ever happened with Gentry. Not to say that they didn't have moments. They did, you know, win a playoff series with Alvin, which was awesome. And that's not something they've done a lot in their in their history. That's something they didn't do under Monty Williams, win a series. Uh, but but just consistently wasn't there. And certainly Stan Van Gunny, a terrible hire and a, a terrible year. And you have guys like Josh Hart saying that he grew to hate basketball last year, which – the guy, when he came from the Lakers, talked about how That's he hard. hated being there because the atmosphere in L.A. when he was there, granted it changed, but, you know, that was <laughs> that was Magic Johnson was there for a season before the, you know, the great, I'm not going to be here. Um, but Josh Hart has mm-hmm. talked about, like, before, like how bad it was there and how when he got to New Orleans it was just a refreshing and Stan Van Gundy got there and it made him just hate basketball. Now you see Josh Hart say, I love Willie Green. I love playing for him. He has brought out the best in me. He, uh, he, he, his coaching. He has put me in the position where I'm doing what I do best. Is and look, Josh Hart's been great this year, and I've always been a Hart stand. Like what I'm getting at, Norm, being very long winded here, talking about since Monty, you've got a group of players that love their head coach and are playing for their head coach, and I, maybe, maybe it gets them in the play and tourney this season. Maybe it doesn't. But when you constantly have to talk about the what if and why with his franchise and, 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 and people still do that with Zion, and that's a different story, stability at head coach and a head coach that the players want to play for is missing from the team for a long time. And, and, and I'm not saying guys per se didn't want to play for Gentry, but I think there were some that just never fully bought in. This team is bought in to Willie Green, and that's why I'm – that's why I, you know, I, I, the Pelicans usually turn me into a pessimist. Certainly, the last few years, I'm really optimistic about this team right now, and Willie Green is the biggest reason why. And Brandon Ingram, I mean, those two things because Ingram's playing like an all star right now. Yeah, to see the amount of fans um, posting the videos inside the Smoothie King Center last night, the game winner against the Timberwolves. Like you say, it, it, it boosted the morale. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm seeing the New Orleans fan base with the Pelicans. I'm seeing, you know, friends and family start to talk a little bit more about the Pelicans. It's the first time, like you said, since the, since last season, because they were the beginning of this season. Nobody was talking about the Pelicans in a in a, a positive manner. This is the first time where I'm hearing fans actually, like, still kind of starting to get excited to go to the games. And like you said, this team is playing for Willie Green. These young guys or buying into what really green has. I'm, I'm glad that I'm not being sold this high-flying octane Pelicans team. No, I'm not being sold this. So I could buy into what really green said. This team started to play defense, something that they didn't do last season. This team is is rallying around Brandon Ingram. You know, God forbid Zion comes and we make a little run. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, this is the up and up. I like what I'm seeing from the Pelicans right now. We just need to find a better nickname for Brandon Ingram. That's all I ask. Yes, yes. They're still working on that. But, Ingram? Uh, Ingram? No, that's, that's terrible. No, get that out of here. Uh, that's crazy. B.I. works fine. And and look, the, the over 90% capacity, like the, the fans are going to the games and the atmosphere is like it's loud. It's alive. When the team is into it and playing for one another, the crowd can feel it and – it, there's something about a shared emotional experience in a large group of people and sporting events are where that happens a lot that it all it, you all just feed off of one another good bad uh nerves excitement whatever it is and um it's good to see what the pels are doing right now they got the clips 
tonight. That is Norman Locke. Catch him Sunday morning, 8 to 10 with the sports hang. Excuse me, sports hangover. He might be hungover when he's doing it with the morning lock-in. <laughs> and uh, I will talk to you guys tomorrow with Gus Kattengill and, and others. Looking forward to it. Uh, Cajun hoops tonight. Reminder, the women talked about them earlier. They uh, hadn't played in a dozen days. A rematch of the Sunbelt Conference Championship taking on Troy tonight at the Cajun Dome. Biggest home game on the schedule in conference uh, this season. Biggest conference home game. That's tonight, 545 pregame here on our airwaves and on our sibling station, Newstalk 96.5 KPL Raging Cajun Men's Hoops. Louisiana first in the Sunbelt Conference against UT Arlington. Second in the Sunbelt Conference. It's a big one. Jay Walker's got the call, 630 pregame. 7 o'clock tip. Norm, appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming over to the app this morning. Have a great weekend. I know you'll be nervous watching your team play on Sunday, but uh, we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Tell Sean Payton, enjoy his vacation. You enjoy it, too. Oh, all same things. I'm glad that, I'm, first of all, I'm not on vacation. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't mind being on vacation. No, I, I'm actually, I, I've missed too many shows lately. I'm glad to be on the air, man. Uh, Norm, I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right. All right. Don't go anywhere. The Dan Patrick Show's next right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey,